when I saw on LinkedIn and found out that this was cohort based, it's it's much more about the connection and the relationships between the participants and the knowledge and experience that they bring to the table. In, in a way, it becomes the curriculum of the training. I, I thought that's a really great idea because I, mm-hmm. how many times have I thought to myself, I wish I just had someone to talk to about X, you know, problem that I'm facing as a manager. And you can always talk to the people within your company, but sometimes there's, you know, implications to that. And you might want mm-hmm. to just get get some time with someone who has similar experiences or similar perspectives or different experiences and different perspectives. And, and so I was really attracted to the idea of being able to have a much more activity and connection focused way of becoming a better manager versus reading a book or listening to a podcast and, and really having to digest that all on my own. Welcome to the next level leaders podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop. I've been in different leadership positions over the last seven years, and the most rewarding thing is when I'm able to help women on their way to a promotion or a better position with another company. I'm here to help so many more women see their potential and implement small changes every day to make a huge impact in their career. I focus on confidence, self-awareness, communication, growth mindset, networking, and more. If you're ready to believe in yourself and take action, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hey everyone. So glad that you are tuning in again today. I always enjoy my guest conversations, but it's interesting when I really take a step back and think about it because a lot of different podcasts you might tune into are talking with different experts or you know, people who have uh, so much experience of one certain thing, for example. And I really love that this podcast is focused on talking with women who have been in your shoes or are currently in your shoes, walking through their own journey within the workplace or who have been in that place and have progressed to something differently or who have progressed to something different it's really cool and every conversation that I have is so unique and different and many of them I chat with in advance to have a conversation, kind of build that initial connection and then we schedule the actual recording. But for this one with Sarah Crane Detloff, uh, we ended up connecting over on LinkedIn and you know, I got such a good feeling and vibe from her through our initial messages on LinkedIn and I said, hey, I saw that you were tagged in a post and I love when people are celebrating the great things that women are doing in the workplace. You should be on my podcast and she was all about it. I love when people are willing to jump into something new and different. So today's episode is a little bit different in the sense that we're talking about her journey to join her new workplace. In some other episodes, we don't necessarily talk about where someone specifically works at. It's more about examples or experiences that people have gone through within the workplace. But hers was a specific journey from leaving one company and moving into the other And I love what Campfire, the current place that she's at, I love their mission and their vision and have also spoken with the founder of the company and and I'm so excited for what the future holds for them. So let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. 
Sarah Crane Detloff is head of product strategy at Campfire. Her background is in product management, and she was most recently director of product management at Kuali. She has four beautiful children ages eight to one year and loves to watch gardening videos on YouTube when she's too tired to do anything else at the end of the day. All right, let's jump into today's episode with Sarah. All right, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you today to our guest. We have Sarah Crane Detloff with us, and I'm excited because we met through LinkedIn. I saw a post that was all about the great things that Sarah has been doing in her career, what she's up to, some career transitions. And I thought, you know what? Sarah is someone that I need on my podcast. And occasionally I'll reach out to people. And I actually had someone do this last week who was like in HR, very customer facing person. And I reached out to her and she said, oh my gosh, I could never do a podcast. I would be scared to death. So I'm always glad when people say yes to these endeavors and want to share their experiences. And my podcast is a little bit different to where we're having conversations with everyday women in the workplace and, and seeing all the different good that they're doing. So Sarah, I am so excited to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Nicole. I was flattered to be asked. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I always appreciate those responses versus yeah, the ones that are a little bit more nervous or apprehensive. Well, great. I wanted to let you introduce yourself both personally and professionally, whatever you want to share about your background or personal life uh, with our listeners. I would love to hear it. Yeah, great. So I am head of product strategy at a startup here in Lehigh, Utah called Campfire. Been with the company now for about three, almost four weeks. So I'm a veteran. Right. Yeah, I come from a background in product management. So my most recent role before this role was as director of product management at a company called Kowali, which does higher ed software. More background on my career from that is I I started my career in an organization called Teach for America, teaching in inner city Dallas after college, which led to my career in tech. So it's been a, a twisty path, I think, which is probably... Uh, pretty typical for most people in in product management these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have husband and four beautiful children, eight to one year old. So I don't have as many hobbies these days as I used to. Right, your kids can we label kids as hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube gardening videos. <laughs> if I'm not going to do the gardening, I'm going to at least feel like I accomplished something by watching someone else do it. That is amazing. I feel like I do that a lot with cooking shows. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of cooking shows and then I realize not done one thing to actually take action on it. Yep. <laughs> awesome. I, I don't like have gardening. the energy for that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sounds very zen, the gardening. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to have you on the podcast today and talk a little bit more about Campfire and kind of just your transition of you know, were you originally looking for a change in your career before you found out about your current position? I wasn't actually, I, I was at my previous company for four and a half years and had started there as a product manager. And over the years had made my way, you know, up through 
different levels of responsibility. I really love that my comp- that company, Koali. It's it's so funny. I even just said now my company because I'm it's still so strange to me that it isn't <laughs> yeah. my company anymore. But I I really loved the people and we had a lot of interesting problems to solve. Four and a half years though, especially in the tech world, that's like a pretty you know, that's a long time. I've had jobs, or I've had friends rather who've had two or three jobs in the time that I've, that I was there. So, you know, there's definitely that element of being open to a conversation that maybe I, even though I wasn't looking, it was interested in what Mm -hmm. was out there. And so I saw on LinkedIn a post from Campfire's CEO, Steve Arnst, saying, hey, we're, we're doing this manager development test cohort to help us uh, test our content for how we're going to help people become the best manager ever. Mm-hmm. And I was really in- intrigued by this because I had, at the time I was managing, I had six direct reports and I'd been managing for two to three years at that point, but didn't ever necessarily know if I was doing it like, you know, air quotes, right. Mm -hmm. And and so when I saw that opportunity, I thought, oh, great. You know, I'm in software. I'm always interested in seeing how people are testing what they do. And I would love to be a better manager. So any way you slice it, this could be a really great use of my time. I'll learn something regardless. Yes. So I, I was lucky enough to be selected for that cohort and really had a, a great experience, really just saw so much of how pervasive the feelings I was having about being a manager were to people across companies, across different levels of experience and, mm-hmm. and different industries. And, and then on, along the way, I also picked up some really great tips and tools to help me become a better manager. So after near to the end, actually, of our, our cohort, I reached out to Steve on LinkedIn, which is really actually not a very typical thing for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I'm more usually of the like, I'm going to keep my head down. And if people notice me, then great kind of a person more than I am of the kind of person who's trying to actively or proactively build a network, but I had a great experience. So I thought I'll, I'll connect with them and it'd be really just interesting to track the progress of the company generally, because I had a good experience and long story short, we ended up chatting just to, after I'd connected with him and he was asking about my background. And by the end of the conversation, we talked for about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, you either should go and start your own company or you should join our company. And oh, I was wow. like, I was like, what, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I was just completely astounded at his reaction to me because in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, we're just talking about product ideas. I've given feedback on my experience. So we were just reflecting on my experience. And I I didn't have like, oh, I'm going to talk to him so that I can get a job in mind or even have just like a general career conversation with him at all. So one thing led to another and here we are. I ended up leaving my previous employer, which was super, really a hard choice for me to make, but have been really enjoying my time so far at Campfire. That's, That's amazing. I 
love hearing about your whole experience and kind of start to finish what happened and and how that all went on. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into these. Uh, So you initially found out about the session through LinkedIn. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you dive in a little bit more about uh, the why? I know you said you wanted to be a better manager, but what what else led you specifically? Because there's all sorts of leadership development and opportunities. I mean, you go Google for leadership opportunities once you're already in the leadership status and you find thousands of different courses from different people. So what stuck out to you, I guess, that made Campfire different? That's a great question. I was intrigued by the fact that it the company was local to me here in Utah. And I thought I, I likely knew, maybe would know some of the people that were participating or that were behind the company generally, which made it feel a lot more personal to me in that regard. But but also probably the, the largest driver was that it's a cohort-based training. So I've participated in leadership training in the year, you know, in the past that the company will pay, I don't even know, I assume a lot of money, someone to come for one day or multiple days to present. And oftentimes if it's a good session, they'll have activities and and more dynamic elements to it. But, and I'd enjoyed those from the perspective of like, you know, out of that eight to 10 hours of lecture, I get maybe one Mm -hmm. thing out of that, that I think is, is valuable, but I really always appreciated the activities and the engagement side a lot more of what I was seeing in the traditional manager training that I had participated in. And Mm -hmm. so when I saw on LinkedIn and found out that this was cohort based, it's, it's much more about the connection and the relationships between the participants and the knowledge and experience that they bring to the table in in a way it becomes the curriculum of the training. I I thought that's a really great idea because I, Mm -hmm. how many times have I thought to myself, I wish I just had someone to talk to about X, you know, problem that I'm facing as a manager. And you can always talk to the people within your company, but sometimes there's, you know, implications to that. And you might want Mm -hmm. to just get get some time with someone who has similar experiences or similar perspectives or different experiences and different perspectives. And, and so I was really attracted to the idea of being able to have a much more activity and connection focused way of becoming a better manager versus reading a book or listening to a podcast and, and really having to digest that all on my own. Right. Yeah. Having more of that group support. I love that. And what you're saying is And if you're not actively participating in something like that and you are making the effort on your own, it really is looking outside of your own network and growing uh, as advice to the listeners to go out there and find other people who may be in your similar position, but at different companies and really learn how they operate, right? When we have our own network internally, we seem to have some diversity or some differences of opinions or how things are working. But when we can truly reach outside of that network and tap into what other people are doing and what their goals are and and how they're operating, I think it, it makes such a difference and opens up your own eyes to that bigger picture thinking, because 
that's how you learn and grow. And it seems like that's kind of how uh, campfire those cohorts are put together is like, or not like-minded per se, but a similar types of positions at other companies. So you can get more of that feel and, and growth internally. That's definitely true. And we're, we're really committed to our model right now is, is doing these trainings within companies so that all new managers at your company, for example, can go through this experience together and it can be Mm -hmm. a connecting and an educational experience for them. And so I was actually lucky enough to participate in just an experiment that we've been really excited about in expanding this to a cross company audience. And so I think to your point, definitely to listeners, that's that is really a, a re- very effective way to learn is to reach outside of your network and see what else is out there, see what experiences people have had. And then if you're like me and mm-hmm. that makes you nervous <laughs> because you don't want to be presumptuous or you, yeah. feel, you feel nervous that people aren't going to want to talk to you or they're going to think, I mean, I'm always worried that people are going to think I want something from them, right? That it's not yeah. a genuine just interest in in talking and connecting, then you can come to our, our future cross company campfire cohorts and we'll do that work for you. So you don't have to be nervous. Yeah. I love that. Are you focusing that on the leadership level or just cross company base at any level? Yeah, that's a great question. So we're currently very focused on manager development. That's where we feel like there's the greatest acute need but we are exploring cross-company options as well. And, you know, we're a new early business. And so we're learning a ton from our current customers and from customers that are really interested in purchasing from us. And so we're, we're keeping a lot of options open right now. I love that Campfire does the cross-functional or at least has it on their, on your mind. I think that's great. And then focusing internally as well. That's certainly a need, especially as companies are growing and, Uh, thinking from my own experience, being with a company in a newer role, having some more people to go through that experience. I think that's why trainings really bond you as a, as a group. Like you think of any company you've joined, if you were in a training group for, you know, several weeks, you are typically really bonded to them throughout your career because you build such early connections. And uh, sometimes companies miss out on that as well. So I love that campfire is kind of reigniting that in a way, reigniting that fire within those departments themselves to continue to build a better product or a better service or whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what is something that you're excited about in the next three to six months within your role? I mean, obviously you've got a lot of things going on, I'm sure, but what are you most excited about? The transition to this new function um, as head of product strategy has really given me an opportunity to focus in on the business. So transitioning to this role as head of product strategy at Campfire has given me such a more focused opportunity to be really intentional about the business side of, of what we do. And I'm really excited about the growth that we're hoping for, planning for, and the role that I can play in making that happen. I think the one of the greatest benefits of being at a startup or any smaller sized company is the ability to have impact and influence on what happens. That's 
Yeah. I haven't ever been at a really big company, but from my observations from the people that I know that have, it's, there's a, so many layers between you and the actual success of the business from a financial perspective and a strategic perspective. And I think that makes it difficult to really know how your skills and, and perspectives impact the business in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a lot of great experience at that with that at Kowali, but it's a more established company than Campfire. And I'm, I'm really excited to be able to be a critical part of making this business succeed. Definitely. I love the startup life is so much fun because the change and all of the nuances of a new startup are so much fun. I I really love those types of environments and have had so much fun working with people and growing in those environments because you're right. It's, it's new experiences that you're living and experiencing together and then finding different solutions for things. It really, I'm, I'm so grateful for the times when I have worked in those smaller startups because I believe that you can grow so much in those roles than some of the typical uh, more uh, established companies, like you mentioned, that have a little bit more definition to literally everything. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I was actually just talking to someone today and saying, I have learned more in the last three, almost four weeks in my Mm -hmm. new role than I mean, absolutely. I loved my previous jobs. So, but nothing negative to, but more than I did in probably the last six months to a year in that Mm -hmm. position. And just by virtue of the fact that I'd been there for so long and I was used to the problems we were solving and the people we were solving them with. And there was still a ton for me to learn in that role, but this has definitely, like you're saying, accelerated my, my learning and my growth in a way that is uncomfortable at Mm -hmm. times. (laughs) You definitely may have moments of, well, why did I leave that situation where I was really pretty comfortable with with my knowledge and my ability to execute and willingly come to a situation where I know less than everybody else on the team and I've got to catch up and figure out how in that time frame, you know, provide value too. It's, it's a big adjustment, but I'm a big fan of it. I have to say, I think Mm -hmm. it's been really exciting. Like you're saying on the whole, what would you give advice to the women tuning in who maybe resonate with you when you were saying early on, I'm kind of someone who is a little bit more heads down. I do great work, but I hope it's noticed. I'm not one to go out there and, and advocate for all these great things that I'm doing, which throughout the podcast, I try to help them break through those, even if they are a little bit more introverted or quiet, there are certainly ways to do that. And it seems like you have very eloquently done that in your transition to campfire. So I wonder if you would share a thought or any advice that you have for some of these women who are thinking, gosh, like that sounds so easy. How can I do something like that in regards to potentially transitioning into something else? I have a lot of thoughts on this topic because I've experienced a a pretty significant transition myself over the last several months in this area. And it, it all started when I was talking with a leader in product at Divi named Gentry Davies. He and I had connected. We're talking about product generally, my thoughts about my career And 
in those conversations, he, he started saying things to me, like, you know, pretty similar to what I already expressed. Steve said, he was, he was like, well, Sarah, if you could do anything you wanted to do, you didn't have to worry about money. What would you do? And I thought about it for a second and, and said, well, you know, I would love to start a business. I, I would love to do that. I've had ideas over the years for businesses to start, but I don't come from money. I don't have, you know, I'm a very normal person. So I didn't feel like, oh, there's this safety net there for me that to enable me to do that. And I'm, I'm typically quite risk averse. And so I wasn't all that interested in (laughs) taking a ton of personal risk on and he and I, through the course of the conversations we had, he just was like, you know, like you absolutely have everything that you need to start a business. You can get the money, you can find an idea, you can hire people, you have great experience. You should absolutely not rule this out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I it's not as though people throughout my career hadn't been supportive and saying certain things along those same lines, but there was just right. something about where I was at with in my headspace and the timing of the conversation with him and just how confident he was about this, that it, it flipped a switch for me. And I thought, okay, like, why have I always been heads down? Mm-hmm. I've, I've always been heads down because I think like most people, women, I know like there's some significant doubt there that I know what I'm doing. So why mm-hmm. would I be like publicizing myself? <laughs> and why would I be putting myself out there if, if I have those concerns? And so, you know, it's just so much safer from that perspective to not put yourself out there and be like, Oh, I'd love to talk to you. Or I'd love to connect because then there's that voice in your head. That's saying like, "Mm, what if they talk to you? And they're like, you know, like she does not, she doesn't know what she's talking about, you know, or she's right. It's just these really unhelpful voices in our minds that are hard to handle. And, but something about that really the conversation with him really stuck with me. And, and in fact, actually, now that I'm saying this, I'm realizing that was right before I connected with Steve on LinkedIn. Cause I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, like I know things, I don't know everything. Certainly Mm -hmm. there's no doubt about that, but I know some things. And so this is totally fine. This is not presumptuous. And so I would say like advice is the the biggest thing that has changed for me over the last several months through the influence of Gentry and the influence of Steve at Campfire has been finding some courage to believe in myself Mm -hmm. and finding within that courage to believe in myself, the additional courage to say, Hey, I like it when people care about my opinion about things. You know, I like it when people want to connect with me. So I'm probably not that different than most other people. And I respect when people are clear about their goals and and know where they want to get to when they're looking for help. So if, if I'm this way, I'm probably not a huge anomaly. And I, and, and so they're probably not going to mind me doing that either. Yes. I think that is such great advice. And 
I would add to that for people who maybe don't feel like they have that support system is to go out and find it. And that could be a part of that first step as well, getting out of your comfort zone and maybe locally here in Salt Lake, there are so many great networking events, uh, either virtually or in person. And uh, that could be a great start for many people to go and find other people. Cause if you're going to a networking event for, let's say women in tech is one here locally. So if you're in tech and you're wanting more tech type friends, Hey, let's go to an event all about women in tech. And you're going to find more people who can be in your circle. It can take some time to build that and find the right group or support system. But if you're not having those conversations within your own network of friends, and they don't see that vision or that, or they're not supporting you in those goals and dreams for you, that can be okay. But then recognizing, let's find some people who do want to support you in that and uh, help you to grow because it sounds like you had some of that already in your network of people who you trusted to say, Hey, I've got some bigger dreams or people who like pulled that out of you. As you were saying that it reminded me of what a boss of mine said to me right before I started doing coaching for women and starting my podcast was he asked me the same thing. What would you do if you didn't, if money wasn't an issue? And I said, I always want to help women in the workplace to, to feel more confident and to promote and advance in their careers. That is what I love doing in my spare time. And he was like, okay, well, how do we get you to do that? And I think initially when he was asking me that it was positions within his own company that I could grow into. Uh, so when I hit him with that curveball, he was like, okay, I don't know how that will fit here, but let's see what you can do. So it's nice to have that support. And if you don't have that working your way to build up to it. Yeah. And I think that that's been the biggest springboard that support network, like you're saying, and then of course, ultimately too, being willing to internalize that belief about yourself as well. And because there's, there's definitely a, you know, a half-life of people saying those kinds of things to you or supporting you in that way. It's really important and it's made a big difference for me. And I've also realized, you know, if I don't have some internal buy-in to that as well, that's independent of what anyone's saying to me, it's, it's awesome to get that feedback. I love it, but I love it in the way that I love like eating a rice krispie treat. Like it doesn't yes, last yes. long. <laughs> I just I just want more and more, but I, mm-hmm. uh, I I need to have some more staying power within myself to believe that, you know, all of that is true about me and even if it's not true that I could make it true. Definitely. Yeah, and I I've, I'll have to link some of my previous podcast episodes because there are definitely things that I've suggested as far as defining your own values and having a purpose statement that are helpful in, like you said, if you don't really have a thought towards where you're wanting to head in your career or what, what impact you're wanting to make, it sounds like a big driver for you to make a change was recognizing the impact that you could make in this new uh, career and this new startup and recognizing if we haven't had some self-reflection on those, where are we truly headed? So I, I love that thought that you have to have that buy-in of yourself and, and knowing what you truly want and finding the support that 
you know, can give you a pat on the back or tell you to keep going when you're having a rough time, but you're right. The intrinsic motivation for yourself is foremost important. And if there's any of your listeners need some help identifying we at campfire, we call them your drivers. Yes. We have a whole session and a tool about career motivation and your, your drivers, and you can shoot me an email and we can get you set up. Awesome. How would someone uh, connect with you or reach out through campfire? Yeah. So my email is just Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at getcampfire.com, or you can always find me on LinkedIn as well. Great. I will link both of those in the show notes. It's been so much fun talking with you today, Sarah love hearing about people's career transitions and there's so much more of a story uh, than what's presented on LinkedIn. I appreciate your vulnerability and your openness on your journey. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Nicole. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Next Level Leaders. If today's episode resonated with you, please take a quick screenshot, share it to your Instagram and tag me at Nicole.Harrop. I love to see it and it means the world to me. I appreciate you helping to spread the word so I can help more women. See you on next week's episode.